Hi everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast brought to you by Fat Cat Media. Don't forget you can check out our Facebook page, we're also on Instagram and YouTube and please support the program by checking out our Patreon page. Again, just search for Fat Cat Media. And if you'd like to interact with us, drop us an email, fatcat, which is P-H-A-T-C-A-T, at iinet.net.au. Well, this week we look back in time, as we do on most of these podcasts, to 111 years ago, a mining rescue hit the world's front pages. At that time, it was one of the most, and still remains, one of the most remarkable rescue and survival stories in Australian history. It involved over 160 miners, a great train dash, underwater divers, and Herbert Hoover, who was to, of course, become the President of the United States. A WA small mining community was rocked by a terrifying thunderstorm which left a miner trapped underground due to heavy rain falling and filling in the mine. The water wasn't the only thing overflowing. With a flood of camaraderie and loyalty during a gruelling nine-day rescue, it took place to save the entombed miner. It was March 19, 1907. The storm burst over the Coolgardie goldfields in WA, with the underground gold mine at Bonnyvale going underwater. All 160 miners scrambled to safety, with the exception of Italian mine worker Modesto Charlie Varascacci, who had been working alone in a 30-foot rise from the 1,000-foot level mark. At first he was assumed dead, but local inspector Hosea Crabb thought there might have been a possibility that the man was alive, with air in the stope potentially preventing water from filling. In 12 hours, the water had only gone down 9 inches, and it was feared the slow descent of the water would see the man starve to death. A telegram to Perth read this, Man in rise 28 feet below level. Only thing can be done is to supply food by means of a diver. Can one be produced? If so, please send him and all necessary appliances as soon as possible. That telegram would be the beginning of a heroic and memorable rescue which would go down in history as a tale of bravery, mateship and determination. Navarascacci was a 32-year-old father from Gorno in Lombardy in Italy. He'd lost his wife when she gave birth to their fifth child. The Catholic Church then suggested that he go to Australia where mining work was plentiful and he could send home his earnings. The Barrier Miner newspaper reported on Saturday, March 30, that Varascacci said he rushed towards the shaft, but the water seemed to gather force with depth and it bore him backwards four times. When the water had risen to his chin, he retreated up the rise and he resigned himself to death. Here with only a stone to rest on and about 40 foot of space in length to move in, Varascacci began a period of horror and suspense. He was resigned to his fate, not daring to hope for rescue. He could not tell how long after it was when he heard blows on the rock sometime, uh, sometime and somewhere above him. He responded and there he hoped for life. Now while he was trapped for nine days, he was not left alone. He had four divers, Hughes, Fox, Hearn and Curtis. They arrived two days after the inspector's telegram was sent. The next day Hughes was sent down the mine. He went down into the mine three times without getting further than number 10 level and it wasn't until his fourth attempt that he reached the beginning of the rise, wading through water in treacherous conditions and on the fifth attempt he reached Varascacci and gave him food. He later recalled that Varascacci was crouched in the darkness, initially frightened at the sight of Hughes. 
Hughes then made the perilous journey again and again, delivering food, lights and conversation on a daily basis, keeping the man in high spirits until the water lowered to a safe level. The Barrier Minor newspaper reported in the same article that Hughes stated the water was higher than he expected. He had made four trips altogether, having to swim the first time. Farisgatchi met him and they chatted for over an hour. Jokes were cracked and cigarettes smoked. On the ninth day, the water was finally low enough. A crowd by this stage had gathered at the shaft mouth with the inspector crab telling the media that Hughes and his fellow divers, Hearn and Curtis, were heartily and heavily cheered on going down the number nine level. The mine water was lapping the roof of the number ten level, a sign that the ten-day struggle was drawing to a close. During the final rescue, a shot was fired to blast away an obstruction and many requests were received at the surface for different materials. The same day, the divers resurfaced with Hughes stating confidently that he would rescue the trapped miner by 6 o'clock and the crowd applauded. At 3.30pm, Hughes braved the waters without his diving suit and he waded to Varaskatchi with food, where he sat with the miner waiting for the water to lower more. Newspapers of the time reported an animated scene at the surface of the mine with men waiting with the Union Jack flag and the Italian flag for when the men would arrive. While Varaskatchi was pale and weak from his ordeal, the crowds applauded all men involved in the tiresome rescue mission. Varaskatchi was lifted out of the cage by his hero, Hughes. Varaskatchi, who was in a weak and fragile state, opted out of a hospital visit, instead taken to the mine manager's house and put to bed. The Barrier Miner newspaper reported a warm welcome was waiting for the men upon arrival to the service. Varaskatchi had been held prisoner for nine days. The rescue operations, said the paper, were attended with considerable danger but were cheerfully carried out by the men foremost among them whose ranks was the well-known diver Frank Hughes. Diver Hughes, when he stepped off the skip after the rescue, was mobbed and kisses were showered on him by many women present. Inspector Crabb, the mine manager, Mrs Robicham, Diver Curtis, who was in charge of the diving operations, Diver Hearn, who faithfully did the work with Diver Hughes and their assistants, and who had all worked tirelessly and arduously below pumping air and cleaning out the place from which Varaskatchi was taken, were all heartily cheered. Varaskatchi remained at the mine manager's home for several days to recover. On the 24th of March 1907, the Sunday Times newspaper published the flowing account from Hughes. Hughes said that prior going to work on the southern Kalgoorlie mine, it was called, he said, when I am, this is in Hughes's own words, where I am employed as a miner, I heard that a diver was required at the Westralia mine at Bonnyvale. And with the desire of doing what I could to save the life, I told the manager that I was prepared to offer my services. I went below at the southern K-A-L-G-U-R-I, about 1.30 o'clock, but shortly thereafter was called and told that my offer had been accepted. I then left for Coolgardie by half past two on the train and on arrival made a careful study of the plan of the Australian mine submitted to me by Inspector Crabb. Hughes went on to say, as a result of my inspection, I felt certain that I could get down past the number nine level and reach the man. A special train bringing two other divers in gear arrived from Perth at about 4am. I reached the mine at 6.30, we went down at 8.30 and I made the first descent at 10.30am from the number 9 to the number 10 level. I cleaned out the chute and waited for the arrival of an assistant, but there was no appearance of him, so I went up again. I went down shortly thereafter, but assistance did not come to light. Arrangements were then made for another diver, Hearn, to come down. 
Then somehow or other a misunderstanding took place while we were underwater. However, this being subsequently satisfactorily adjusted, I made my way along the drive to the point of the rise at about 12 o'clock, leaving the other diver at the bottom of the rise so that he could attend to the lines. I followed the air pipeline through the level of a distance of about 250 feet and on going up the rise found the airline and shook it four times. At this fourth shake I received an answering signal from Varaskachi. Being thus assured that the man was alive and well, I then made my way back to the number nine plat for a requisite spell. At about four o'clock I made another descent, taking a quantity of food in concentrated form and sealed an accumulator, electric light, candles and matches. I may mention here that I heard the man sing out before he could possibly have seen me. I passed up the food and light and an additional slate for which protection had a wooden covering. Faraskachi did not appear to understand the slate business at all, so I removed the covering and passed it to him again. When it all came down, I took, a, took it along to the plat, but owing to the action of the water, the message he wrote was quite undecipherable. The slate bore the following message from the manager of the mine, Mr. Robisham, Courage, rescue you in a few hours, food and light for you, keep above timber. While Varaskachi was pale and weak from his ordeal, the crowds applauded all men involved in the tiresome rescue mission. Varaskachi was lifted out of the cage by his hero, Hughes. A year after the rescue, Frank Hughes was awarded the Albert Medal Second Class for saving the life of Varaskachi. It was reported in the media that a fund was started for a testimonial to divers Hughes and Hearn. The Chief Justice, Sir John Madden, who heralded the list wide to the Government of Western Australia, he said, I earnestly applaud for Victoria the splendid humanity, heroism and resource of all in the rescue of Varaskachi and above all the success. Mr H. Mahn, MHR, was, write, was writing to the Acting Premier at the time, Sir John Forrest. He said, you have doubtless followed the intrepid efforts, I love the flowing uh, narration you get from that time, made to the rescue of Italian miner entombed at Bonnyvale. The narrative has profoundly affected the whole community and any step your government may take on behalf of a national testimonial to recognise the splendid heroism of divers Hughes and Hearn will be universally applauded. Such superb courage, he went on to say, and daring courage would in other circumstances be rewarded by the Victoria Cross. But if that distinction is be reserved for the exploits on the battlefield, your government may find some other means of commemorating this gallant feat, the inspiration of which was wholly humane, was wrought under deadliest perils by the two obscure heroes. Hughes received a medal for, for his heroism and the Minister of Mines, Mr Gregory, was decorated by the King of Italy. Now, folks, it's well worth a visit to the mine site to actually where you can still see the collapsed entrance uh, for the distant rescuers that had to travel there to reach Faraskachi. It's located via Coolgardie on the north road, so head north of Coolgardie. You need to check with the ter Tourist Bureau first, and there's plenty of um, memorial uh plaques rather that you can stand there and read the full story but it was a terrific read we had an opportunity not too long ago on the road less traveled to visit the area and sort of close your eyes and look in your mind's eye and, and take yourself back to 1907 and for those that are not aware with it it would have been a time with the big divers uh, mask well not mask big uh, brass helmets that they used to put on that you would have seen that, um, that they did in the underwater for the broom 
pearling industry and so forth. So it was a treacherous feat in 1907, but certainly one that should be recognised. It was celebrated 100 years um, not too long ago, obviously at the 100-year mark in uh, 2007 and 2017 as well. And uh, certainly an amazing tale of, uh, of survival and the rescue of Modosco Charlie Verascacci. And that's all we've got time for this week on The Road Less Travel. Don't forget you can find us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts and, of course, on Apple Podcasts too. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Just search for Fat Cat Media, Fat Cat with a PH. We'll talk to you next week on The Road Less Travel. Bye for now.